0: Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. And welcome to this week's Fantasy Football Pod Christmas Bumper Special. My name is John and I'm joined by Mr. Santa Claus himself, Scooby. How are you, mate?
1: Ho, ho, ho. Um, Merry Christmas, one and all. I feel like she's singing a, a carol or something. He's a Carol Scooby, What you got? What one will we do? You? What ones do I like? What ones get you really get you going when you're a bit pissed in the in the church? I've mean, never been the church, but a half eleven on a <laughs> on a Christmas Eve.
0: Any any high 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 voice yeah. singing
1: you've got? Is oh, I do. I've got that in my locker. <laughs> yes, but yeah, keep it a bit, um, bit low to God. Uh, no, Merry Christmas, everyone.
0: Correct. Merry Christmas, everyone. And boy, have we got a bumper Christmas podcast for you listeners. This week, we are going to dive around some of the news that's happened. There's been some sackings. There's been some cup games that have been so exciting that we have to talk about. We are also going to give you our strikers of the season. So far, there's two slots left. Who are we going for? No idea. Scobie's then going to take us around the grounds from last weekend's action. And finally, we will look forward to what is going to be two game weeks. You've got 23rd five o'clock deadline listeners, and then Boxing Day fixtures as well. Scoby, how are you going to all feast that in to your moot?
1: It's just what we live for, isn't it? Been looking <laughs> forward to this since the start of the season. It's genuinely so good. Just December, constant football. Wherever you constant. Wherever you look, it's a football. Punted around. No, it's awesome, it's great, Um, and I think the league's in a really exciting place as well as we go into December. I predict lots of action, lots of goals. Um, Yes, it's in
0: such an exciting place, Scooby, that Glenn's Vodskov decided to sponsor the SPFL. I mean, we're not sponsored by Glenn's Vodka and don't intend on ever being, but as f- ever, DMs are open for sponsorship listeners if you
1: fancy it. No, I mean, come on, we set our we set our bar a lot higher than that when we went after tenants, John. <laughs> vodka. I... I was thinking about what the activations might be around the ground. You know they do that with the big sponsors, uh Marquels, mm-hmm. for example. Well they're just gonna have <laughs> <laughs> balls of Glens doing like tastings outside of Hamden. I mean Sure it would go down very well, to be fair, but uh, yeah, they may as well have got back fast. Everyone would have at least found that quite funny. I'm sure it would
0: yeah. It is just mind-boggling. The last thing people need is drinking more glens before they go to Scottish football. But anyway, a debate for another day once we get fans in the ground, Scobie. Mm. And uh, on that note, uh, obviously there was some big cup action this weekend. There's no other place to start than Hamden. Uh, you must be gutted as a JIT's fan. I've got to say that's one of the most exciting Scottish Cup finals I've seen in years.
1: How did, how, did, how did you take it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the dust has settled now a couple of nights on. Um can think about it a bit more a bit a bit a bit more clearly. I think look, really, really proud of them. Who um I don't think anyone thought that, you know, we'd necessarily get blown away in this. Like we'll be the we're always going to say this, but we're not really a championship club. We're a championship club in in name, but not really in, in kind of nature. And we were always going to get out for the big game. We've, we've proven that against Hibs, although Hibs do make it look an awful lot easier than a lot of other teams. Um, but yeah, and I think, you know, similarly, Celtic are not coming into in a great place either. You kind of knew it was going to be a good game. I must admit, I'm always a pretty eternally optimistic Arts fan, and I was very unoptimistic going into this game. That may have been something to say for the points I had on Saturday, but I was not in a good place. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think that you thought it was only going one way after the first couple of goals went in, but yeah, it was just incredible the way we came back. I'd still be very concerned as a salary fan um, mm. and to put a fancy spin on it. Like, they are just so, so woeful at the back. Um, yeah. The way that Duffy and Julian played was just embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah, but actually, despite, I despite their keeper right.
0: making two saves, sorry, just jump in, despite their keeper making two saves and the shootout, still looks pretty shite to me. They were pretty bad penalties at that point. A penalties. I mean, yeah, Luke,
1: and I, my opinion is the only thing that they did wrong, I'm not going to criticise Hearts. I wouldn't have had Kingsley and White take those last two penalties. I don't think either of them had taken a big competitive penalty at any point in their careers, you know, for something as big as that. Why would you not have Smith probably taking the fourth or fifth, like a potentially clinching penalty? You know, uh, you front load with maybe a younger guy. So you just there's not enough, there's not an awful lot of pressure at the start of the year. Much more at the start, still a lot of pressure at the start of the year, but there's more towards the end. So I think they maybe got that wrong, but you know, whatever. Uh, three all fantastic game, fantastic advert for Scottish football. Very concerning if you've got any Celtic um, goalies or uh, defenders in your in your fancy football um, squad what a hit from Ryan Christie Um, just one of those we know he can do that but he was not an awful lot to do or say apart from that um, throughout the game and obviously missed his penalty again so wonder how that will affect him if at all Um, yeah and big fat French Eddie doesn't really look like he fancies it at all anymore does he?
0: No, no. I mean, they, they, you know, Celtic going forward now, you've got to think they'll get some confidence from that. But we will chat more about Celtic assets in the Ooh. third part of this pod. So moving on, but I just, yeah, would like to congratulate Celtic on being the first club to do the quadruple treble. Oh, wait, no, they're not. It's actually the Lincoln Redimps of Gibraltar who have won the treble five years in a row. So, no Celtic, <laughs> you
1: have me. <laughs> I just think that was awfully gracious of you. Anyway, yeah, moving it, on. It
0: nice. Um, a nice segue into the League Cup. Uh, Rangers got knocked out of the League Cup. Claxon. Uh, Rangers lost a game of football and got knocked out. I think the big story here from a fantasy football Scotland perspective is that McGrath scored a brace at St Mirren, 3.1 million, and just seems like great value. There, we will chat about St more in part two, so I'll park that there. The only other big news this week, Scobie, was the sacking of Mr Kettlewell up in Dingwall at Ross mm-hmm. County. Uh, we've now got Yogi Bear, John Hughes, in charge. He knows the Highlands well. He led Inverness, Caledonian Thistle to two cup finals. One of them losing to Aberdeen League Cup final, I was there at Parkhead in twenty can't remember what it was, but anyway, best mm-hmm. day of my life. And, but however, more importantly, he led them to Scottish Cup glory in 2015, beating Falkirk in the final, and most importantly beating Celtic 3-2 in the semi, which is very impressive. And none other than Marley Watkins, who has been at Aberdeen this season, scored in that Cup final. Um, But it's well known that uh, that Yogi loves a talisman, and I just wonder if Ross Stewart should become on people's radars as Fantasy Football Scotland managers just now. Scobie, what do you
1: think? Um, Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it all that much, to be honest, but but you're right. You can look back to a few. I know you you, you favoured it a little bit. Hibbs as well, who had at that point. He must still be... Possibly O'Connor, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yes, um, good shout. I think Ross Stewart looks pretty bereft of ideas So anything that can re-inspire him um, and that team. Um, I still, you know, we've got to wait and see maybe that new manager bounce comes, but I don't think there's anyone for me from a, from a Ross County boy, point of view. That stands out. Um, but yeah, certainly Stewart. And I think Ollie Shaw, you know, maybe him as well. I can imagine him. Playing pretty direct football, so Ollie Shaw might suit that as well, and uh, maybe he will have both of them trying to play out there together. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I just, I just thought, once, to say, You know, I did think Stuart Kettlebell should have gone, but I did think hats off to him for the way he came out and faced the music right after the game. Um, you know, confirming that he'd been relieved of his duties. It was. It was, I think, a decision that had to be made, but it was was always sad to see someone lose their job, and it was a pretty rare circumstance in which you see somebody come out and, you know, basically announce that in their post-match interview, one-on-one with the reporter. Um, Very gracious, and, yeah, hopefully, sure, Kettlewell. He's done quite a lot of that club, so hopefully he finds something else in Scottish football um, in in the not-too-distant future.
0: Indeed. Godspeed, Mr. Kettlewell.
1: Exactly. Okay, so the final part of part
0: one, Scobie, we are going to talk about our strikers of the season so far. Just to remind our listeners of our team of the season so far, we have Big Benji Segrist in goals, who is the undisputed number one in the Scottish Premiership, I think. Yep. You can then, listeners, start telling us that we're wrong. We've got Tommy Hobin. we've got Connor Goldson, Decky Gallagher, mm. mm-hmm. Tav, yes, in midfield, we've got Burke, Lewis Ferguson, Ryan Kent and Nusey. Okay. So, Scobie, where are we going
1: with our two strikers? It's finally going to happen. I'm finally, I'm finally naming a Hibs player in this team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just got to get out of there now and do it. And it's obviously, well, actually, no, it's not obviously, because I actually think there's an argument for two Hibs. Strikers mm. to be in this. But the one I'm going to start with then, not really the only thing for the second one, um, is going to be Kevin Nispet. The leading scorer um amongst all forwards in the game. First season in the premiership. Um, you know, having joined from Dunfermline, he's been a revelation. Um We've talked about him so much on this pod. I don't think we really need to keep going into an awful lot more detail. We'll probably end up speaking about him again at some point. Um, but he's been fantastic. How many goals is he on for the season now? Nine. Nine, right, yep. I mean, says it all. Uh, I think Nine. he's going to get a lot more him. I think bold call for the season. Kevin Nisbet reaches 20 goals. Injuries aside, you know, I think he's a... He's, a, he's on for a twenty-goal season in this in this uh, campaign.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd find it hard to disagree with you. And as we've said before, I know Steve Clark listens to this podcast every week. Steve, call him up to the squad, give him the chance at international level. Let's see what he's all about. And we will be there cheering him on against the Czech Republic at Hampden next summer when he scores a hat trick to. Lead Scotland to a 3 0 win in their opening game. <laughs> so he's in the team, Nabar. He's 46% owned, highest owned player in the game. It's a no brainer. He also started at like, you know, four and a half mil. He's now up to six million. Great value. We love that. Um, now, second striker, I think, is up for debate. So here you go Stevie May, dodge, Kabamba, Ruth, and Nicky Clark are all separated by five points, Fantasy Football Scotland points this season. That's
1: tight, Scooby. no? That's extremely tight. Tighter. We'll leave it there.
0: Be careful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just remembered all the family members that listen to this podcast religiously. It is. It's so tight. It's so tight. You tell me who of that... um, of that sort of formidable five, are you um, picking? Okay, that. so who am I picking? Gun on my head, I
0: think I'm going Nicky Clark. Just because he's at 4.3 million with seven goals this season, I think he offers exceptional value in fantasy football Scotland. We completely overlooked him due to Shank the Blank. And his big ego that he came up, and big reputation that he came up with from the championship. And Nikki Clark's actually been excellent for Dundee United this season, though whilst not starting all the games. If you go purely on goals, it's Kemar Roof, but I think that's a bit boring from us. He's still quite expensive, and isn't significantly ahead of the other competitors here. The only other person I stick into the mix here, I think, is Stephen May, who's had quite a bit of air on this podcast. You know, who the fuck is Stevie May? Well, I think we know who he is. He's the second top scoring striker in Fantasy Football Scotland. He's got five goals this season and three assists. But he's £5.8 million, which is quite expensive. Scobie, I open the debate to you at this point, having offered those three guys.
1: Well, I hate this point, but there's not going to be an awful lot of debate because I agree with you. I think it's got to be Nicky Clark. And there I can't believe I'm saying that because I was I was ridiculing people for having him <laughs> in their team. I thought it made sense at the start of the season. He was essentially all they had while Shanklin was out. Um, but he's been great. Now, I don't think equally he's going to be in the team of the season by the end of the year. I don't <laughs> see it continuing into, next season, into the next part of the season. I might be wrong. Um I think for example, Christian Deutsch, and that's what I was alluding to at the start, is looking like, you know, that he could be actually joining his um, his partner in crime up top. Um and his value's not that high. I do think Ruth looks very good. He's not quite won that jersey yet from Morelos, I've starting, I mean from the four, but it's starting to look that way. Um so yeah, I'd say to be honest for me, it was actually between Clark and Kabamba, but just because Kabamba's been so poor in the last, you know, in the, in the last few weeks and come on, not him, but come on, hey, um, I'm going to stick with Clark.
0: All right, brilliant. Nicky Clark and Kevin Nisbet are our front two. Let's get out of part one. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitback Pod. It is the Christmas bumper special and Scooby is bumping us around with lots of bumps to which grind? I have no idea.
1: Um, uh, I'm a sucker for goals, John. Uh, <laughs> there was quite a few then this weekend. Five games all on... No, sorry. Uh, on, Saturday, on Saturday this was, I and mean, then obviously one additional game on Sunday. We're going to start with Saturday, though. Um, and it's kind of turning slowly into a bit of a storyline of the season. All loot. Uh, like um, it was going the wrong way this season for St. Marin. Hope was lost. and suddenly. Uh, things have really turned on their head for them. They shocked Scottish footballers, you talked about um, at the start of um, at the start of the week, by dispatching Rangers in the cup. Uh, I don't think anyone saw that coming. If you did, you have made a lot of money out of it. Um, so yes, the Buddies are buoyant at the moment, unbeaten in ten games across all competitions. Could Jim get another good win? Ah. Uh. That's great. that's great. I've had some counters <laughs> for Juggernaut last week. Uh, that's actually pretty
0: good. Yeah, I think that might be quite good. And uh, maybe it's just the bit of red wine I've had this evening. <laughs> uh, but I'm certainly more uh, accepting of that than last week's shite show, Scobie.
1: <laughs> well, let me ask my own question. Um, Obika, sadly for me, was rested for the game uh, against Saints. They were looking for their first win in December. and not been a happy hunt for them so far. Uh, Xander Clark saved well from Lee Irwin early on. And Jimmy McGrath um, had a half chance as well. But then Shaughnessy, who is former St Johnston captain, certainly St Correct. St. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah, correct. Dropped down Wotherspoon and it was left to Stevie May, who you've been talking about, it has been certainly resurgent in the second half of um, you know, this, this bit of the season. And he slid it through just in the best penalty we've seen um, from the spot. That was his fifth goal in the season. And as you just said, second top scoring striker in the game. Uh, Erewhon volleyed the Buddies level shortly after. 1-1. Not for long, though. End-to-end stuff. Scott Tanzer curled one in for the end of the first half to make it 2-1 to Saints. Second half... Everything turns as it said. Straight red card for Kerr, which led to a free kick, which McGrath floated in. He was everywhere, by the way. He really looks like a man possessed at the moment. Not that that came to anything, but it was a lovely free kick. And he's on set pieces.
0: Just a, just a word here, Scobie. I actually have uh, Kerr in my fantasy team, so this was a disaster for me at the weekend with him getting that straight red. And I do feel a little bit hard done by it. Yes, he lunged in, but I have seen yellows given for that, especially in Scottish football.
1: Yeah, I know there was a bit of debate on it afterwards. Um, I think when you see it from one angle, it doesn't look that bad. When you see it from the other, it looks awful. So yeah. I'm going to say, I think it's I, I think it was a red. Um, but yes, Jack Amwick was very good for St Mirren um, in this game. He actually did keep them in it at about 2-1. Uh, and then Lee Irwin made it 2-2 before big John Abika finds himself unmarked from a corner in the not-quite-dying minutes, but towards the end of the game um, and heads in a beauty to make it 3-2. I don't know why he didn't start on, um, on that basis. He certainly should have, but how good is St Mirren looking now?
0: Oh, they look absolutely sensational. I mean, you know, seven wins and four draws since losing to Aberdeen in early October. It's the longest time they've gone without defeat since they were under Gus McPherson. In 2005. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Jamie McGrath, for me, still offers the best value in his team. He's now moved up to 3.2 million, but he's everywhere, as you say, in midfield. Looks really good. They, they still concede a, a fair amount of goals, so I would say the value in this team isn't at the back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, If you do, I mean, John, John O'Beeke is a natural goal scorer, uh, but there is the rotation risk with him being up top. Um, so I'm just wondering whether it's that sort of 4 million is he worth it word on St Johnston thought um, Stevie May you know he's quietly gone about his business this season and as we say got himself the second top scorer in the league Mm. still a lot of money for me and I just just don't think he's you know scoring that freely and I thought that penalty summed up his his season quite well you know it was just enough to go over the line yeah um, and then Tanzer, I don't know if you remember, going in this St. St. Johnston deep dive back in sort of week three of this oh, I season of podcast. Uh, Tanzer was one of the guys I hotly tipped because he scored a free kick and a penalty against Aberdeen in pre-season. But this is his first return since then, so I wouldn't be too interested in what he's doing going forward.
1: Thank you. I do appreciate the St. Johnston, uh, the Bridges, St. Johnston review. Um, that you always give on on beaker, I, I I do, I kind of I don't think he's a rotation risk. I think he's mm. kind of just back, having been you know out for a while. He's such a physical player, and they kind of that's what they set him about to do. And I think he was probably just knackered after that Rangers game, given you know the likes of Goldson, um, you know a bit of terrorising that night. So I think they just rested. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with him, and I think he will start when he's around. Um, and okay. just a, a note on them. They've got County after Hibs this week um, on Wednesday, so they've got County at the weekend. Um, and they've got Killy and Motherwell on the horizon as well, sort of into early January. Um, two teams which I, I don't think anyone would be scared to play at the moment. So I like what I see.
0: We like what we see. We like what we point. see.
1: Well, Tottenham saint Mirren and that shocking loss. Rangers uh, coming into it, uh, something they're not used to coming into a game off the back of a defeat albeit in the cup and they dropped Aribo, um to the bench again annoying for me from a fantasy perspective but a lot of people on the bench when those <laughs> when those uh, team sheets started coming out it was, it was not fun. Um, started with the front three of Ruf, Defoe and Kent which has been um, popular of late for them Motherwell in a pretty sorry state um, haven't been able to buy a win um, for a while now. They reverted to three at the back for this, Angels Wonder Jermaine Defoe forced a good save early doors from Archer, and he was, he was pretty honest at the start. Actually, Defoe, I thought. Um, but six minutes in, another goal conceded by Rangers. Shock, horror. Um, one of our favourite Scotland boys, Stephen O'Donnell, with a peach. That's say. say? What a man's, does he? Peach the ball across the face of the goal and Callum Lang tapped it in to make it 1-0. Nice finish, lovely move.
0: First goal that that Rangers have conceded in the league at Ibrox this season. Viewers, our listeners, just to remind you, it is the 20th
1: of December. (laughs) Just madness, isn't it? Although I do feel like I see one of those things on Facebook that are like, it's like clearly an English football sort of, you know, like sport bible or whatever, and it was like Stephen Jarrett at Rangers this season games 14 conceded two, and it's just like that every week, just adds another week on to how few they've conceded oh, it's just getting quite rattling. we all know how good it's been, um, or certainly we do here anyway, Archer um, for Motherwell, he was very good I thought too um, he kind of kept them at bay for a while and kept them on top, kept a full out, um, another nice bit of play from him, but it kind of was just Rangers um, relentlessly from then. Um, arebo was brought on. I thought I really changed the game to They looked much better after he came on. Yeah, um,
0: yeah I'd agree with that. I thought Ariba, uh, gave him, offered him a lot more directness. Uh, yeah. It really shows the strength and depth that Rangers have in that midfield. But yeah, arebo really gave him a sense of purpose, I thought. I mean, what, what Rangers need to do is take a step back and remember they're playing Motherbell with the third worst defensive record in this division. Yeah. <laughs> if you keep knocking, it will come good.
1: Yeah, they just need somebody to unlock them uh, a little bit and Arebo um, certainly was able to do that. Puts in Davis, who did score but was called offside for it, but Roof, not too long after, finally broke down the resistance. Uh, but it was, again, just all Rangers from there on. in. what was impressive is they never let off, you know, once they got back into the game. And they didn't really give Motherwell a sniff either. Mm. Um, a corner led to a second from Itten, who uh, came on to score. He's done that a few times recently. Um, I think at least once one other time. Uh, and then a Rebo set up Ruth for his second. Um Roof, roof. and then, were the two strikers brought in by Rangers at the start of the season. I think they've been great signings and 11 goals between them. Okay, eight of them for Roof. But I think Gittin's been really impressive when he's come on. Okay, he's come off the bench quite a bit and he comes on, with not an awful lot of time left and he kind of is able to run teams ragged. Um, but they're a good pair. I really do like the both of them.
0: The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. That's <laughs> him bagged his brace. I think the Rangers' template which we know has to be three Rangers players in fantasy football score, Scotland, it is now him, Tavernier and Conor Goldson. I actually, in my wisdom, Scobie, which hasn't happened often this season, took Barisic out for uh, McGinn. And then I put in Roof up top for Sam Cosgrove and gave him the vice captain's armband, which gave me a decent hunk of points this week. Um so yeah, yeah, I agree with your point on it and it's in, he looks all right, but it's all about Kimaru for me. And I think he's now becoming the one uh, premium striker asset in Fantasy Football Scotland that you need to have in your team.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And is it curtains for Morelos Beef curtains, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they should have taken that forty million when they when they had it on the table. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Correct. Um no, I think it does look that way. Surely, if any if any offers made for him in January, not that you'll be able to go anywhere at this stage because nobody can leave the UK. But um, I think if they can sell him soon, might have to be the summer. Um, you know, you probably keep him now for you know because it's so important they win the league. And what happens if a couple of people go down? You need him obviously, or if you are just suddenly on a goal drive. But um, oh, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't really seem like much is going on there. He's also not scored. Um, he scored three, but not, not any since game week eight. Um, so, yeah, a drought. Third game, anyway, that we're going to focus on. We move into Sunday. Um, Kilmarnock entering the game against Aberdeen, as as we've discussed often recently, uh, on a very poor run of form. Um, so, Aberdeen certainly fancied it this week at Potaudry. Um, well, John, how was it? Because I didn't watch. I was getting ready for the cup final. Yeah. I've seen the highlights. I've seen the goals and that's it. But I'm not going to do it justice. How was
0: it? Maybor, I'll take you through this. I was feeling a bit delicate on Sunday after the Fantasy Bad pod Christmas party on <laughs> Saturday night. But I got my morale together. got myself on the sofa and watched this one. Uh, for me, this was Lewis Ferguson's 100th appearance for Aberdeen. I thought the fascinating stat about this was they've all been starts. Um, which wow. just is quite staggering for his age. You know, he's a stalwart in this team and made himself such an impressive impression so early on. Uh, he was brilliant in this game. He dictated the play. He was absolutely everywhere. And he deservedly scooped up the man of the match and ward at the end, sadly for all fantasy people, Scotland owners, no uh, returns <laughs> apart from that point, clean, clean sheet point that he gained. Uh, Aberdeen started this game in the now familiar 3-4-3 position uh, formation with Kennedy and Hayes as wing-backs. Hedges and McLennan were playing off Curtis Main, who maintained his place, as we predicted on this podcast, following the previous week's brace. However, he didn't do much in this game, did some decent work defensively, but I'd be watching him again to be dropping out of this team pretty soon. Just taking a step back from the game, this game was vintage Derek McInnes. The f- the first half was attritional. The Dons were robust at the back. There wasn't a lot going on. Ash Taylor was heading a lot of balls. He was sanitising the effect that Kabamba has uh, as a Kilmarnock striker. He was, you know, doing that. Joe Lewis, who's been under a lot of scrutiny of late, I thought was excellent. Commanded his area really well. Didn't have a lot of saves to make. They gave a lot of authority, which is really important to defence and keeping clean sheets, which we love. Uh, a word on word on Kulmarnik. Chris Burke, and uh, Tishbola. I thought they looked the most likely to do anything from Killy, mm-hmm. and something to make something to happen. But to be honest, they looked every bit the team that have only scored once in their last set, one in one game in their last seven games. Um, Which is quite staggering, actually, when you think, you know, they've got Brophy, they've got Burke, and they've got Cabamba. um, And they just haven't replaced the pace that King Staunchman himself, Jordan Jones, offered. And in those times, they've lost six of the last seven as well. So it's worrying times at Rugby Park, I think, Mr. Scobie.
1: It is, it is. um, It's almost time to just dump them. um, Because I think... Other strikers are coming into form, so you can't even really defend and just hope with Kabamba. Um, you know, his value is not good enough when somebody like Abika looks much more like his score at the moment and is almost a million less. So, yeah, I think for now it's time to kind of rotate them out, um, as you say. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. So, back to the game. Tommy Hoban came off at half-time. It was 0-0. Um, he's down as uh, red injured in the Fantasy Football of Scotland. I'm not sure if I believe it. He's, he's kind of made a glass, Tommy Hobin, and I think he was taken off as a precaution at halftime just because right. of the plastic pitch at Rugby Park. Uh, Dean yeah, Campbell yeah. came on. Dean Campbell came on. He was quiet, tidy, not irrelevant for Fantasy Football Scotland. And McCrory moved back to centre half, which is a worry for Fantasy Football Scotland owners because he's down as a midfielder in the game. Now, this is when the action started happening. Ryan Hedges, headband, Benson Hedges, cut in from the right and scored another deflected goal, which reminded me of the goal he scored against St. Johnson at the start of the season uh, when Aberdeen had no players. He's now got four league goals and is becoming quite a consistent returner, I think, in Vantage football Scotland, yep. having got an assist in the previous game. So he's now had attacking returns in three of his last five fixtures. So maybe the headband is someone you should be bringing into your team.
1: Well, interestingly enough, I've got some stats to offer you. Um, I was very surprised to see Hedges only 13.6% ownership. Mm-hmm. So more people own Haji than Hedges. That might be leftovers from start of the season, those that have perhaps given up on the game. Um, you know, but there's an awful lot of other people like Burke and such that, you know, that have higher ownership is than in him. He's He's been outstanding this season. I know he's blown a little bit cold at times, but um, yeah. yeah, quite surprising.
0: All wingers do, right? I think that's really good. So, and then Sam Cosgrove came on. The lost Sam Cosgrove came on for Curtis Main. I actually thought Cosgrove looked sluggish. I thought he looked like a guy that was short of match fitness, but it's one of those chicken and egg situations. How do you get match fitness without playing matches to get the fitness that you need? Um, so I thought he looked a little bit poor, and he was paid through for an excellent one-on-one by Hedges. Beautiful little flick around the corner. And there's a great save from Danny Rogers, who seems to be finding his feet now at Killy as goalkeeper. Um, but anyway, then he got played through one-on-one when Killy committed too many men forward and won the free kick just on the edge of the box. And, I mean, I don't know what happened to the Kilmarnock defensive wall here because it completely disappeared. It was absolutely shambolic. But the ball that Cosgrove hit was hit with the type of venom of a man who's looking like he may miss out on a big-money move due to the fact he's been kept out of a
1: team by Curtis Main. (laughs) It was um, shocking defending, wasn't it? It was absolutely awful. Michael Mernick, some might say.
0: It was a Kilmarnock. I mean, a bigger issue I think here is, you know, that's now five red cards for Kilmarnock this season under Dyer. There's a serious discipline issue, I think. Mm. You know, the red card, take this in isolation, right? I mean, Hounstrup is going back to try and get Cosgrove. Cosgrove's one on one with Rogers. They're one mil down with like a minute left in the game. Why is he taking him down? He's now going to be suspended for future games. Um,. I just think it just screams ill discipline in the squads, and I think there's a bigger issue here for Dyer to deal with. And if he doesn't get that under control, I think there's a good chance that he'll be following Kettlewell out the door.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because they've got high hopes, don't they? I mean, they had Sir Steve, the mm. bar's been set high. Um, you know, Dyer's not been awful, but mm. serious Agreed. issue.
0: Agreed. And then just to conclude here, Scobie, that's now Aberdeen not lost in their last 18 visits to Rugby Park since May 2012. If you, Scobie, can find someone this Christmas who loves you as much as Aberdeen love Rugby Park, then you'll be a happy man.
1: <laughs> you had to get that little full point on the end of section two, didn't you? Quite right. Thank you, John, for stepping in and admirably talking about Aberdeen.
0: Hello and welcome back to part 3 the final part of this week's fancy football Scotland podcast where we are having a bumper podcast it's christmas time we're excited santa's got his presents and boy have we got some presents from new listeners this week on the twitter sphere Scoby, how are you feeling about part 3 this oh, week presents
1: fucking lumps of coal more like right come on hit me what are the questions double game week on the horizon there Hopefully is a double,
0: double game week on the horizon. And this is the point where I start scrolling through my Google just to make <laughs> sure I've got the right well, questions. It
1: slightly slows down as you're trying to find the questions. As I try and look at the Write questions. Write them down, man. For God's sake, would a bit of prep kill you? I know. I know. Well, I did a lot of prep. But I just didn't
0: prep for this bit, to be honest. Anyway, B- Brendan has asked, he's asking about strikers. It's hard to ignore Roof now, given his form, but does he drop Nisbet? Two big budget strikers feels like a lot. He's had Eddie and Shankland have been burnt in that position before. Is it a time to go Nisbet and Roof up front, Scobie?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, why not, to be honest? I think it just depends on the balance of your team, Brendan, uh, and I don't know inside out, so I'd love to see, but, you know. Um, I actually brought in Dodge, but I think Dodge or Ness, but either one of them are going to serve me pretty well at the moment. Um, I probably couldn't, you know, just to put this in, in reference to my team, I probably couldn't because I've got Ryan Christie, a little bit more expensive in the midfield, but I think there's a lot of good options in midfield around $4 million or something. We kind of know what everyone's defence is going to cost. It's Tavernier plus, Goldson plus, a couple of people at that price. So, you know, unless you've gone for like two very cheap keepers. You should, you know, you, you've just got to make a bit of a trade-off. And I think, yeah, two, two strikers, as we're starting to see more goals come from them, um, why not? Yes, go for it. Go for it. And,
0: and and sticking at Easter Road, was there a Hibs question you had for me this week, Uh
1: Well, it was going it, it was, it was to be that, really. It was, uh, I brought in Dodge. You um, have been sort of on the, on the side of Nisbet. Um Crazy thought, could you bring in both of them? Um, and certainly, if you were to pick one at this point, who do you think you're bringing?
0: I think it's Kevin Nisbet. And I, but I'm just quite a I'm quite a risk averse person. Um, and I totally get the argument for Dodge, but it's a lot of Hibbs exposure and attack. And if you get a weekend like we just had, where they come up against a in-form keeper such as Benji Sigrist, or who am I kidding? They're no one's going to they're not going to come up against as good a keeper as him every weekend. Then it's just it's a lot of risk for a team. I think you can go double Rangers, for instance, up front. But to mm-hmm. go double Hibs, who aren't top of the league, I think that's quite a lot of risk. And there are a number of striker options, I think. So I think, I think it's a little silly, personally,
1: to do that. I mean, you do look at this run of form, and I could, I could actually afford to do it right now. You've got Hibs playing St. Merid. Okay, St. Merid are in good form. But, mm-hmm. you know, they did still end to go to the Saints. Rangers hard. Ross County, Livingston and then they've got Celtic at the end of the month. And they actually always get up for Celtic and all the score goals against Celtic. I mean, three of those games are like mouth-watering. Both strikers could easily bag.
0: Sounds like you made up your mind, Scooby. I'm going to flip it just now and I'm going to talk to you about Hamilton. And for me, the only option I think at Hamilton is Callahan. He's now got five league goals this season. You know, he's 3.1 million. But are you going to talk me into some other Hamilton players?
1: Well... Look, it's up and down with Hamilton, but everybody, you know, nobody's going to be able to... Uh, um, well, I don't think you should completely avoid them in your squad, and everybody's got to have some players that kind of make up the numbers. But as we've seen increasingly, like uh, last weekend when Celtic were playing that cup game, you know, these players have to play up to start. So if you're looking for some cheaper options um, from the Hamilton area, can I interest you first off in goalkeeper Ryan Fulton at 2.1 million? It depends who they're playing, but as they showed at the weekend against Ross County, teams down that bottom end, if they need to shut them out, if teams are not scoring goals like Ross County were not, Hamilton can do it. It's not going to happen every week, but Ryan Fulton, 2.1 million, a very nice option for you if you need a second keeper. Hakeem Odolphin, we talked to him at the start of the season, he's still 2.2 million, 41 points in the season. Um, we've, we, I think we had him on our bench in our uh, in the season originally um, Hakim Adolphin though definitely consider him he's got me a few points recently where I needed them uh, Callahan, you've already mentioned 3.1 million 46 points and then finally one I'm going to throw in the mix um, for a cheap striker so say you wanted to do something like um, you know like Brendan's just been asking about putting in Roof and Nisbet say uh, 3.8 million David Moyle 32 points in the season it's not going to blow you away but I think Moyo is probably uh, the most minutes up top from them. Templeton's still out, isn't he? Um yeah. Agumpo's not really being up to anything. Moyo seems seems all right. A big target yeah. man, can play. So if you wanted to do the cheap route, I still think Obika's the better shot of him there. Of course, mm-hmm. but Moyo would be the other one to consider.
0: Brilliant. That is fantastic information from New Douglas Park, Scobie. You've been breaking the rules and all the tears to get inside the dressing room and ask him that.
1: No, just to get to that Morrison's, mate.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. We're just touching on a couple of other teams I haven't talked about tonight. Uh, Livingston have actually now made Martindale permanent, which is thoroughly deserved, I think. Yep. Uh, he actually had a really candid interview on the BBC website. It's worth mm-hmm. everyone watching if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were given a bit of a harsh grilling, I thought, about you know his jail past two thousand and four. He basically sort of comes out, saying he's in the wrong crowd, and obviously sixteen years later, he's turned himself around and got Livy really exciting again. I think John Guffrey, you know, there's been some guys on Twitter quite rightly calling us out. Um, I think it was Donnie Robertson on Twitter who's been enjoying the pod lately, calling us out with our um, fantasy football team of the season saying that Guthrie should be in there. I think that's completely fair. And I'd say get Guthrie and your team going yep. forward. Libby, you've got some nice fixtures. And it just makes me wonder, you know, did Malky Mackay get such a grilling when he was appointed, you know, at such a high post in the SFA? I just feel like Martindale's just getting a bit of a hard ride, Scooby.
1: Definitely, definitely. I think it's a really hard story. I can see the movie already. Um And I loved a bit in that interview when he said they you know and it, i think it's been in that in other article that you, that you talked about a number of weeks ago now, but they'd uh, they'd kind of offered him the role and he'd actually turned it around because he didn't want to bring that negative publicity on the club, so very gracious man and he and he, but he stuck there and he took on other roles and that I think he his just rewards
0: indeed, and the last thing I just want to talk about this section was a Celtic defense. Um, I noticed that um, Shane Duffy's a major doubt for the for the upcoming game because so I've got Frimpong in my team and I'm trying to work out whether to keep him because obviously he didn't start in the Scottish Cup final at the weekend. But if Duffy doesn't play, then it does mean that Ayer would probably move back to centre half and bring Frimpong in. I don't know if you've got any views on Celtic defenders just now, Scobie.
1: Um They're a joke. <laughs> uh. All right, move on. Running into Julian is one of the funniest moments um, that I've witnessed um, from a quadruple treble winning team. Uh, Fantastic. I think even the most ardent Celtic fans would admit that they are awful right now. And I just thought it was so weird that they played Ayer out on the right, you know, when, he's, when he is clearly the best centre half. Um, yeah, it was an odd one. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Perfect. I don't love any of them.
0: Yeah, let's move out then. Talk to me about the fantasy football yeah, league
1: table at Christmas. Quick recap. Yeah, well, here we go at Christmas. So just a recap on points, 33 points from me last week. Um really bad. Weirdly, loads of green arrows though. Everybody else I think had a had a bad week too. You got forty three points, so really good. You were very much above average, double the average. Uh, top score in our league this week was the Queen's Eleven. You and Steven, that is, not Ewan Finlay, uh, with 47 points. So you weren't far off, John. I think you were a bit second top. Um, which means that at Christmas, winnie, lose, or draw remains top 1,034 points. Um, so well done to Mr. Koppel, um, manager of that side. Um, so yeah, exciting time. Great. Will he still be top come the end of the season? You'll have to keep tuning in to find out.
0: No idea. No idea. But on that note, I think it's time that we uh, wish our listeners a very, very Merry Christmas and all the best with the upcoming games.